Hi, Scott Weatherford. Hey, don't forget that tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So one of the great regrets of your life is not picking up something for your spouse or your beloved ones. Just saying. So just a friendly reminder. Today, we're going to talk about decisions. In fact, that's a decision you ought to make. We are defined by our choices. And today, we're talking about choosing wisely. And we're going to look again at the life of Abraham, which is kind of interesting. Every decision becomes a destiny. Now, you've heard me say that. I mean, if you've been around me any length of time or followed my teaching over the 40 years I've been doing this, then you know that's one of my idiomatic phrases. Every decision becomes a destination. Every decision becomes a destiny. There's a few more quotes that I want to give you about decisions. Sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing is the same thing. The hardest thing and the right thing is the same thing. We make our choices and our choices make us. Choices are the hinge of destinies. That's probably better than my every decision becomes a destiny. Your choices reflect your character. Uh, there's more, and I, but I think that's enough. So life is all about choices. The most important choice you make is your choice about Jesus. I remember in seminary uh, taking uh, systematic theology and uh, the, the, the professor said the most important thoughts you have are the thoughts you have about God. And I didn't realize he was quoting A.W. Tozer, but that's really true, that these thoughts, these decisions about God are the most important decision. That's the bottom line of decision-making. Between the life-changing decisions, there are many more. How can I learn to choose wisely? What is my template for wise choosing? Now, I say all this to set up this next topic about knowing God and following God's faithfulness. God is faithful regardless of our choices. However, we des he desires us to choose wisely and he gives us wisdom if we ask. Listen to this. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubters like a surging uh, sea driven and tossed by the wind. Now, I, I read that out of James to tell you, say to this, okay, ask God, he'll give you wisdom without judging you but don't doubt what he gives you wisdom. Dead gummit, live in his wisdom. Now here in, in Genesis 13 and 14, you find a family in a decision-making process. And this is Abraham and Lot, his nephew. Now remember I, a couple of weeks ago, I said Abraham left Ur of the, you know, of the Chaldees and with Lot and they, from Haran, they moved into uh, to, uh, Cana and Lot is there with him. And Lot, Lot's a mess, Lot's a train wreck. And we're going to be talking about a lot, a lot. We're going to a lot, a lot here in just a second. One chooses wisely, Abraham, and the other one poorly, Lot. One man is a friend of God, and one man's a friend of the world. Now let's see where their choices land them and what can we learn from them. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you for what you're going to say to us today. Again, we thank you for you being so faithful here in this February and of 2022, that you continue to show us your, your faithfulness. So I pray that you speak and you let us learn wisdom and choose wisely and make decisions today to change our destinies of tomorrow. And I thank you for what you're going to say and do. And I pray this all in your son's strong name. Amen. Now I want to read for you. It's kind of a long passage out of Genesis 13, but I think it'll set us up for what we're going to talk about. Abram went up from Egypt to Nebia. Now remember, he was stupid with his wife. And he, he went into Egypt and then they punted him out. He and his wife and all he had and Lot with him. 
<clears throat> Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, gold, and he went to stages from Nevia, the Nevia to Bethel, to the place where Bethel and Ai, where his tent had formerly been, to the site where he built an altar. Abraham called in the name of the Lord there. Now Lot, who was traveling with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land was unable to support them as long as they had stayed together. For they had so many possessions they could not stay together. So there was quarreling between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, Canaanites and the Perizzites were living in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please, let's not have this quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, since we are relatives. Isn't the whole land before you? Separate from me. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Lot looked down and saw the entire plain of the Jordan as far as Zor, and he went well watered, everything like the Lord's garden and the land of the G- in the land of Egypt. And this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose the entire plain of Jordan for himself, and Lot journeyed eastward, and they separated from each other. Abram lived in the land of Cana, but Lot lived in the cities of the plain and set up his tent near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were evil, sinning immensely against the Lord. After Lot had separated from him, the Lord said to Abram, Look from the place where you are, look north and south and east and west, for I'll give you and your offspring forever the land that you, you will see, and I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that everyone could count so that if anyone could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around the land through its length and width, for I give it to you. So Abraham moved his tent and went to live to them near the oaks of Merim at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. Now, here's some thoughts, okay? First thing I want you to see is life has many choices. Many choices of life really are through adversity. What? Yeah. God brought Abraham out of Egypt because Abraham had made a poor decision about his wife. Now, he saying that she was his sister had led to trouble with Pharaoh and his household. And after Pharaoh kicked Abraham out of Egypt, even though God blessed Abraham in possessions, his relationship was a mess. His marriage was a mess. And he came out with a lot of stuff, but with a mad wife. Now, I'm, I'm reading into scripture, but I kind of know girls well enough to know that Sarah was not happy with her stupid husband. So yeah, although Abraham had become rich, get this, he had left his altar. In other words, while in Egypt, he had left worshiping God thus led to poor decision-making. It was hard to worship God living in Egypt. Now, this is a common theme in Scripture, that it's hard. Egypt is synonymous with living away from God. Many places in Scripture, Egypt is that place. Even when Jesus has told the story of the prodigal, he referred to that, and I talked about that last week. So you need to understand that. God blessed Abraham with possessions, and Abraham had missed what mattered most, and that was his vital connection with his God and with his wife. It says later in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, husbands live with your wife in an understanding way, realizing she's a weaker vessel, but a co-heir in Christ, that your prayers will not be hindered. Oh. So Abraham comes out of Egypt, lots of stuff, far away from God and with a mad wife. So what does he do? This is what he does. He went back to God. Most of us don't come back to God without adversity. It's just the way it is. I've discovered 
that God, when he wants me to do something, he often paints me into a corner where I have no choice. So this is what I've learned to do. When adversity comes upon me, I lean harder into God and say, what are you saying to me? To me. In seasons of adversity, I want to hear the voice of God and respond in obedience to his voice. I've discovered that God is faithful. Same for Abraham is the same for you and me. The will of God is often paved with the cobblestones of adversity. Realize you're living in Egypt is the first step to leaving Egypt. And it usually takes adversity to get you out of Egypt. Hmm. Here's the second thing. Abraham and Lot were forced to make a choice. Their adversity of possessions, which seems like a silly word to use for a bunch of stuff, but a bunch of stuff had created adversity. And I have not yet a rich person yet who his wealth has not brought complications. Just the way it is. They both had become so rich the land could support them, so they needed to separate. The choice they made revealed their character. Okay, notice some of the difference between Abraham and Lot. I'm going to give them to you. Abraham built altars and he worshipped. Lot didn't. You don't ever read of Lot building an altar. Lot lived off Abraham's faith. And he had no faith of his own. Huh. So many people are that way. They never develop a personal faith. They just live in a culture of faith. And they borrow faith from their families or from their church attendance. And it's, a, it's so vital to have our lives built on a personal faith with God that we don't get that. And we live as church people and not Christians. And we live in the Christian bubble without knowing Christ. And we live off the faith. God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has grand, He only has children. In other words, yeah, God loves us as children. He loves grandchildren. I'm saying that. But you have to have a personal faith with God. Just because your daddy loved Jesus doesn't mean you're covered by your daddy's love for Jesus. Even though it may be influential, you have to love Jesus and personally surrender your life to him. It has to be personal. Huh. Lot looked forward and looked out for the world and he looked towards Sodom and it's never a good choice to look for Sodom, y'all. It was known as a place of sin and perversion. And Lot, this is what he did. Look what he did. He looked towards Sodom, then he moved towards Sodom, and he then lived in Sodom. He looked, he moved, he lived. Wow. This is a crazy decision, but a decision that revealed his character. And I want you to listen to this. The eyes see what the heart wants. The eyes see what the heart wants. Lot did not seek the Lord and he wanted what he wanted and he moved towards depravity. This bad decision usually has a cascading effect and one bad thing leads to another and that's really where Lot found himself. Lot had a great opportunity to be a godly man because of his relationship with Abraham. But he failed. Why? Because Lot knew about God, but he didn't know God. Hmm. Abraham was different. Abraham moved back to his altars. He moved back to his, reestablished his connection with God. He moved back to the place where God had confirmed his covenant and his decision. 
and he remained and God was reminding him and moving in him. In fact, next week, we're going to talk about the covenant God made with Abraham because he moved back to where he could hear the voice of God again and live in the promises of God again. Lot got the choice land, so he thought, and Abraham got God's land, which is always a better choice. Abraham looked to God and not to the world. Lot's life became an example of bad decisions, and Abraham became the father of the promise through the Lord Jesus Christ would come and bring salvation. Choose wisely. Here's the third thing. Will you choose to be like Lot or Abraham? It's that simple. I read this week in a commentary. He said that, um, that you could, God only has two kinds of people, people that know him and people who don't. It's kind of a broad statement, but probably true. There's only two kinds of people, people that are saved and people that are not. And here's the cool thing, people that are not can get saved. That's what he says. I would hope you would choose to be like Abraham. This is how he chose. Listen, this is all he did. He didn't leave in selfishness. He allowed Lot to choose first. A servant heart always reflects the heart of God, and God will let you live with your choices. Abraham lived by faith and not by sight. He didn't allow the bright, shiny land of Jordan and the things of this world capture his devotion. He would rather live in what's called a desolate land to experience the blessing of God than the lush land and experience the judgment of God. Who? Abraham let God choose for him. And that's what God will do for you. One of my favorite historical characters other than biblical characters are, well, a guy named David Livingston. I love his prayer. Lord, send me anywhere, only go with me, lay any burden on my back, only sustain me, sever any tie, but the tie that binds me to you. I love that prayer. I realized that David Livingston mapped the continent of Africa so missionaries could follow him to spread the good news of the gospel. He was a missionary doctor, map maker, who said when the adventure stops, the mission begins. And he mapped the continent. And he died in Africa on his knees in prayer. Heart buried in Africa. Body carried out nine months on a pole. Buried in Westminster's Abbey. And gone down in his history as a man who chose to follow Jesus. Huh. Can I pray that prayer of Livingston? Could I choose wisely? Yeah. Because every decision becomes a destiny. You see, Abraham found the blessing of God and Lot found a ruined life, destroyed family, and a legacy of shame. Whenever the name Lot is mentioned, Sodom and Gomorrah come up, his wife turning to a pillar of salt, and him having incestuous relationships with his daughters. What a mess. Abraham the father of a great nation. Every decision becomes the destiny. So true. What decision do you need to make today? Do you need to come to Jesus, give him your life? Do you need to get out of Egypt and come back to Jesus, go back to your altars and start worshiping again? Do you need to further, move further away from Sodom and Gomorrah and live closer to King Jesus in deeper devotion? 
Why don't you do what you need to do? Because God is calling you to choose wisely. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the power of your word and the truth of your word, the power of your gospel. And I pray that we'll choose you. For those who haven't, who've never chosen you before, as you draw them with your spirit, I pray that they'll pray right now and receive you as Savior and Lord, whispering this to you, Jesus, I'm yours. Forgive my sins. Be my Savior. I'm going to live for you. Father, I pray that those who are coming back to you, moving out of Egypt, coming back to a place of devotion, I pray for those of you who are living all for you, will continue to live all for you and choose you. And I thank you for who you are. And I pray this in your name. Amen. As I talked today, I couldn't help but think about what Joshua said. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I'm going to follow Jesus. Let's go together on the great adventure of choosing wisely.